hello. Once again, we're here with Life's Learning Curve podcast. Welcome. This is episode 19 and the last of season one. And we can't wait to hit season two next month with more all new how we became us stories to parallel your life story and our guest's life story. We're easy to find. We're at lifeslearningcurve.org. They picked me out of the crowd. A lot of people could learn lessons from our parents' generation. You know, fill your rooms up with people that love you, folks. Filleted my shin open down to the muscle. Now that's value. It's stories that helped build the person we would become the best us. On today's podcast... But before the books even hit the floor, before the project smashed on the floor tile, before the person was able to move, Stacy reacted. In one swift movement, Stacy spun around and grabbed the bad girl by the neck. This would prove to be the last time Stacy needed to do something like this. Today you're in for a real treat as we retell about a bright yet quiet young girl coming of age who manages her way through those awkward early mid-teenage years. Remember those? We discover how Stacy finds her voice and how she learns on the fly to fit in after moving to a new high school. How her experiences with an abusive older sibling actually helped her with a gang of girl bullies. Plus a whole lot more. Let's get going. This is Life's Learning Curve Podcast. I'm Paul Hart. Coming up, The Trouble with Stacy. Stand by. As a young girl, Stacy was thin, very bright, very shy, and quite the athlete, especially in the areas of running, to your mark, track, in high school cross country and soccer. But let's back up a little bit. As a girl, Stacy and her three sisters grew up in an extremely rural southern Indiana town where her dad owned a general store out in the country. Life was simple. Pigs gone. Fresh air, breezy summer days, cornfields, crickets. Local farmers and on occasion, pickup trucks stopped by to stock up on gas supplies and gossip at her daddy's store. The general stores where the locals exchanged community news and concerns. Although Stacy liked the creative play with her older sister Mandy, there was a problem every day. Her older sister Mandy liked to tease Stacy and destroy her toys. She even tore out the zippers in her pants and jackets. Mandy literally beat on Stacy until she cried, sometimes three, four times a day. Mandy had a confidence about her. She carried herself in a strong, almost intimidating manner. Now Mandy was an unusually strong girl for her age, and she often used that to control Stacy. Soon Stacy's instincts switched into survival mode. She learned how to run away quickly and hide her belongings and protect herself from Mandy, using the speed God had given her. Yet, her older sister Mandy was her only friend for miles and miles. Her younger sisters were toddlers, much younger in age. Now, Stacy loved both of her parents. Her mom was a stay-at-home mom who was busy raising four beautiful girls. She loved to laugh. She liked to mend wounds for her daughters and take care of the family. And she had a real passion for dancing. I love you so much, Mommy. So much you're my best friend in the whole wide world. 
Now, Stacy's daddy was able to accomplish many things. He was a jack of all trades. That made him valuable to his family and to others in the community. He led the way with his sense of humor and a practical sense for life. You know, Daddy, I was born on your birthday, and that means I was the best birthday present you ever got, right? That's right, little girl. Originally a tile layer from California, Stacy's daddy had inherited this general store from his family and moved his family from the Sunshine State to the rural emptiness of southern Indiana. The move proved a contrast for the entire family. The desolation of southern Indiana and life's pressures soon overwhelmed Stacy's parents. And by age 12, it was 1977, Stacy's parents had split. Stacy's daddy would remain at the Indiana General Store. Stacy's mom moved with her four beautiful girls ages 2 through 14 to another small rural town about 50 miles west of Chicago named Spring Grove, where she took a job in a local diner working sometimes 8 to 14 hours daily. So it took all the efforts of the females in the house to help one another make do, rent, food, babysitting one another. Without Mandy and Stacy's help, the younger girls would never have been raised. Mandy continued bullying Stacy during this time, and she used to walk around the house with Stacy in an unescapable headlock, sometimes for 15 to 20 minutes. As angry as Stacy got with her older sister, she knew something. She knew she would have to become faster, stronger, and more confident if she was going to survive in the world. Now, in the town of Spring Grove, Illinois, Stacy began junior high school as a seventh grader, where she immediately excelled at her studies. Socially very shy and quiet, the slight thin, pretty girl from Indiana felt different from the others. Even though she had moved from one small rural town to another small rural town, she saw differences. There were cliques of girls at this one that loved to tattle and shame others. (laughs) And there were boys who bragged about how fast they ran or how many push-ups they could do. Stacy first realized that she had a soft and gentle southern Indiana accent and she was teased mercilessly about it. She also was aware of her mispronunciation of her R's. So instead of saying river, she would say wiva. However, Stacy immediately self-corrected that. The R problem, over. There's one thing that's guaranteed in life, and that one thing is change. Change did happen with Stacy. As the boys bragged about their physical prowesses, running, push-ups, rope climbing, Stacy beat them all. It seems that many years defending herself from her older sister Mandy had made her responses fast and physically strong, yet Stacy remained quiet. But in her new group of friends, Stacy was funny. And as a group, the new friends would bike to one another's houses to goof off after school or laugh or play music and just talk. Stacy began to speak at a more rapid pace and with confidence. Simpler times and the innocence of being all of 14 years old, I guess. 
At school, their group of friends were quiet and unassuming, meaning they did not act out as intimidators, but did feel the resentment of the cliques of bad girls in high school that were loud, that were obnoxious, full of negative attitudes, full of themselves, and a multitude of hurtful words. At Spring Grove High School, Stacy discovered that she felt the need to work ahead three to four chapters in all of her high school classes. She was worried that she'd fall behind because every evening she had to babysit her younger sisters until her mom came home from work, sometimes very late. Her older sister Mandy had stopped helping out with the family duties. So each night, Stacy would set her alarm for 4 a.m. to complete her studies. The result was that time gave her all advanced placements in school, doing all extra credit assigned to her and even asking for more, I'm gonna do this. and earning National Honor Society her junior year. The teachers at school liked the young girl that helped them grade papers and dedicate her time, selfless. Can I help you? Many teachers depended on Stacy to get their teacher work completed, making her more of a teacher's aide or a student teacher type. Uncomfortable speaking in front of others, Stacy aced the tests in these classes, and the teachers respected her shyness because they knew that she knew the correct answers and she would find her voice soon enough. Stacy and her group of friends were made aware of the growing influence intimidation and oppression by the bad girls bully group. Now they had names. Laura, Gabby, Terry, Denise. These girls openly celebrated making anyone's life miserable. If they were able to make someone cry or yell back at them, they laughed and beamed with joy. The group of bad girls attacked only as a group viciously with slurs, profanity, and sometimes even physical contact. Stacy and her friends were aware of these girls and did their very best to stay away from them at all times. Now Stacy's reputation was that quiet, thin, passive girl that runs fast. Not a threat to anyone. But Stacy always had a pretty face. And by the beginning of junior year, Stacy's knees grew into her legs and she began to look more like a 17-year-old girl of her age. She was lean from soccer and running and fit from still having to defend herself from her older sister Mandy. Hey, hey Boys on. began to take notice of the quiet girl next door type. And that was what made incident number one happen. It was junior year and Stacy sat in her desk in accounting class. As Mr. Holmes, the teacher, reviewed global supply chain management and finance for an upcoming test, the rear leg of Stacy's desk was kicked, causing the desk to jump forward. Stacy turned around. It was Laura, Gabby, and Terry, all from the bad girls group. They leaned forward on their desk and whispered to Stacy. Stacy returned an eye roll and ignored them. Now this was the first time Stacy had ever responded to being provoked by bad girl intimidation. Mr. Holmes had not noticed the disruption. Then Stacy's chair leg was kicked again, so hard that her whole desk spun into the aisle of the classroom. At full voice, Stacy turned to face Gabby. Knock it off! Stacy exclaimed. Back to the 
Hallway, all four of you. Bellowed Mr. Holmes. Mr. Holmes was one of the teachers which Stacy had helped for the past three years. He actually knew Stacy was quiet and studious in nature. Once in the hallway, what was to happen would come as a complete shock to Stacy. Mr. Holmes began speaking. I can expect this out of you girls, but Stacy, I'm disappointed in you. Stacy had no response except the feeling that she had disappointed an adult she looked up to. Did he really understand what happened? These girls were bullies and was she wrong? Mr. Holmes, was he wrong? When you're 17 years old, life isn't always clear or sometimes even fair. When boys began to call Stacy at age 17, Stacy made the choice to date a boy from the next town only. That way the local bad girls could not accuse her of trying to steal boyfriends, which was beginning to happen quite frequently through gossip. Stacy remembered being accused of some terrible things by Laura, Gabby, Terry, and Denise, but chose to roll with it all and try and ignore it. By that time, Stacy's older sister Mandy had dropped out of high school, but still tormented Stacy at home. Stacy began to see the natural confidence that came from her older sister. Hmm, she thought, maybe something can be learned from this. As time passed at school, Stacy receded more and more into her protected shell, only emerging for her group of friends that kept a low profile by choice. Usually after school hours, on their own. Now with driver's licenses, the students of Spring Grove High were more mobile, breaking the city limits of Spring Grove. Even though Stacy and her friends went to a neighboring town to socialize with kids from another high school, the bad girls seemed to always be in the perimeter, passing by in a car, or yelling from sidewalks, or even yelling at Stacy from a distance inside the high school. There was profanity, accusations, name-calling, and physical intimidation. Stacy and her friends always chose to ignore these girl bullies. However, the bullying became relentless. It was getting worse. Stacy's life was not her own. It was becoming controlled by a meaningless, low self-esteemed group of bad girls. Get out of here! There was never a one-to-one confrontation until it was a warm April day in the spring of junior year. Stacy had been successful at keeping ahead of her studies and helping teachers at school and keeping her distance from the bad girls and staying very close to her group of good friends. Come on, you guys. Life was unrolling in an untypical, comfortable pace. The last bell of the day merged all the students into the long corridor of the dark hallway of Spring Grove High School. As the hallway filled with noisy students, so did Stacy. As usual, she carried all of her books the entire day with her. Her schedule made it so she could not get to her locker except before and after school. Carrying, managing, and balancing that amount of books challenged Stacy, but that was the way it had to be. 
Arriving at her locker on floor one, Stacy was about to reach for the combination lock. In her peripheral vision, she caught a glance of someone coming in fast toward her. A hand quickly reached in and knocked the books out of Stacy's arms. In high school, this is called being booked. Papers, books, a project for history, and her purse hit the floor, spreading in every direction. But before the books even hit the floor, before the project smashed on the floor tile, before the person was able to move, Stacy reacted. In one swift movement, Stacy spun around and grabbed the bad girl by the neck. It was Gabby, along with Laura, Terry, and Denise, the bad girls. Without even thinking, Stacy took Gabby by the back of the neck and held her face about a foot above the floor. Stacy loudly and firmly stated, Pick them up. Pick them up. All of them. Pick them up. These bad girls had never been challenged before. They had never been stopped, even by the teachers. As a crowd gathered around, Stacy increased her grip on Gabby's neck. Gabby was already shaking. <gasps> Stacy's friend now surrounded the books on the floor and saw what was happening. Stacy held Gabby's neck over each book and then moved her by the neck to the next book and then over to the next paper and to the next part of the project. Across the hall she was held until everything was picked up. It was interesting though because the bad girls, Laura, Terry, and Denise, slowly backed away and evaporated into the crowd filling the hallway. Although they continued to bully others at high school, these bad girls never bothered Stacy again. True. And to this day, Stacy knows she did the right thing back in that day in 1982. There are times you do have to stand up to your tormentors. If you don't, it's possible you could be bullied for a long, long extended period of time. There's a lot of different ways this could have been handled by Stacy. But given her options, she did what she thought was right for the moment. Had it happened another day, she may have made another choice. But to do nothing at all, to not get any help at all, to not solicit any advice at all, learn to help yourself. That's not good. You need to help yourself. On today's show, Stacy's life wound a foundation for her future. Now the trouble with Stacy had much to do with her managing her dangerous and troubled older sister Mandy, moving frequently as well as her parents' divorce. Once away from these complications, slowly Stacy began to rely on herself. She found some patterns, studying at 4 a.m., helping others like her younger sisters and teachers at school and standing up for others. Stacy found confidence and reliance where always at the heart of finding herself. When she felt a more solid sense of self-worth, Stacy gained a group of really good friends. And she found her voice and began to assert herself with bully-like girls at her high school. For us, we spend so much time in our lives living the moment-to-moment, the day-to-day, second-by-second, that we often miss those great things and those great people that are right in front of us. 
and we don't realize who we have until they're not there anymore. Guilty. While you have the time, love each other. As we wind up year one, season one of our podcast, I just wanted to say thank you to our listeners. I've learned a lot about, well, not only this podcast, but more and more about life's continuing learning curve. And I love it. Please subscribe to us at lifeslearningcurve.org. We've got some great surprising guests and some wonderful ideas set up and ready to go for season two. And we will hit the ground running with that next month. So for right now, for Life's Learning Curve, I'm Paul Hart. Don't you worry about me. Podcast is put together by producer Paul Hart with assistance by Tim Stribble, Tristan Malakowski, and Sebastian Thaddeus Dog. We're mixed by Heidi Cerner, technical director Hal McDonald. As always, music and audio assistance by Riley Hart. The podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical, psychological advice, diagnosis, or any kind of treatment, but rather just entertainment purposes only. On today's show, Special thanks to Shirley Verlaire for her vocal recreations. Check out our new website, lifeslearningcurve.org, and leave a comment. But please subscribe. We'd love to have you. As always, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and listen to us almost everywhere podcasts are heard. I'm Paul Hart, and we will be back soon with more from Life's Learning Curve.